SA music feature, we go back to South Africa in the 80s. Not the shit parts, but the better parts. And mm. the South African music scene was really, really good and really vibrant. Yeah. And I'm so glad like a lot of the people who were sort of setting up the scene and never got the recognition back in the 80s, you know, were eventually able to be big players in in, in the scene in, in music in the 90s and early 2000s and on. And uh, this week, Dory, you got a hell of a coup <laughs> <laughs> on the essay music feature. I was going to hand it over to you. <laughs> okay, so um, the last couple of weeks we've been speaking to Neil Johnson, who is uh, a hive of information. And this week I thought I'd give Neil a break because there was somebody who I really, really wanted to get on the show. And I thought, well, you know, what am I waiting for? Let me just do this. So let me give you a little bit of background. In the early 1990s, I went to university and across the road, I went to Vitz, and across the road from Vitz, there was this live music venue that was just, just, just built. Brand new place. And it just so happened that this guy who was in one of my classes actually said, oh, you've got to come check this place out. It's really cool. Um, friend of mine is actually a musician and he does some shows there on, in, like during the week. You must come check it out. I was like, eh, okay, cool. So my friends and I, off we go. And this place became literally my second home during my entire university career. <laughs> I, I definitely spent more time there than I did at Vitz. Uh, <laughs> I was there pretty much every night and because they had stuff on every single night. The place was called Wings Beat Ball. There is a Facebook page about it for anybody who ever went there, like, a, you know, people reminiscing about the place. The place was something special. Now, it was started by two men, a guy named Patrick and a guy named Danny DeVette. Now, Danny DeVette was, at the time, a member of a band called The Electric Petals. In the 90s, there was a band called The Electric Petals. Absolutely loved them. Mm. I was a huge fan, going to all their shows. Now, I would go to Wings, and I would, Danny would be sitting in the office there, and I'd pop in, and eventually got friendly, and we were like, hi. I would probably spend, if I count the hours that I spent in that <laughs> office listening to Danny tell stories, of his like muso days, dude, I probably have sp spent more time with Danny than with my family. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> this dude can talk, but he, he has got the best stories. So Danny was in Evoid. He yeah. was also in the band that we're going to talk about today on the show, Petit Cheval. Then in the nineties, he was in Electric Petals. He was, he was in Vaughan for a long time. Yep. He is, but apart from being in the bands, because he's a drummer, apart from playing drums in the bands and singing and all that kind of stuff, he's just been involved in the music in industry as like a whole. He's, he's been involved with so many aspects of it. And he is <sighs> dynamite in a, like a package. It's, 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 there's no other way to describe him. He, you think David Hasselhoff has energy. <laughs> You've got to like hang out with Danny. He's got an insane amount of energy, even now. As he's older, he's still got an insane amount of energy. I thought, oh, my God, I'm not going to get him to stop talking for this feature. But I did. I reined him in. And this week on the show, we are going to talk about um, Petit Cheval. We're looking at one particular song. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Danny's going to be a regular. He does want to tell stories about Vonnebohm, which is not 80s days, but he says that they, they're really risque stories that he can't tell anywhere else. And I don't know about you, Paolo. I, I, I want to hear them. <laughs> So we might just have to deviate from the 80s again at some point. <laughs> Listen, it's a thought experiment. Can you get fired from a job you don't get paid for? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny DeVette, you have been involved with many bands over the years, but today we are only going to look at Petit Cheval from the 80s. 
Hello, Dory and uh, <laughs> listeners of uh, Cliff Central. Happy to do that, girl. Yeah, cool. Okay, maybe just give us a little bit of background. Like, how did you join Petit Cheval? Give us a little bit of a background story there. All right, it was 1984. I did the Avoid Tour. That, as you said, is another whole story, the big campus tour. And I booked a ticket to London with a friend of mine called Mark Burdett, who played in a band called Flash Harry. And after I had done that, Kim Savile from Warner Brothers approached me about a band called Petit Cheval that they just signed. And they were thinking they weren't too happy with the guy playing drums, uh, but they they're looking to change a few members in the band. And uh, I said, I'm not even coming to the meeting because my whole life I wanted to go to London. And every time I was going to go, something else came up. And uh, so I didn't. I actually went to London. And then when I was in London, I'd been there for about six months. I got the call, a call from my then wife uh, to say Kim had phoned her again. And would I like to uh, consider coming back? And she also told me all about concert in the park because I played the second concert in the park with Petit Cheval, but I was in London when the first one happened. So she said, "My, you know, my wife said to me, there's this whole movement going on here. Even though I was in a band in London, you should come back. So basically, uh, Jan Fissel, the bass player of, of Petit Cheval, said to me, he always says, I auditioned them because he had a moustache on. And when they, I had one jam with him, and then I said to Jonathan, I'll join the band on one condition, the bass player shaves his moustache off, because it wasn't very neuromantic. It was very Pretoria. <laughs> so the song that we're going to play today on the show is Magical Touch, which I think wasn't the band's biggest hit, but certainly it's, I think it's probably my favorite, I'll be honest. It's one of the two songs that I didn't play on, <laughs> but it's my favorite professional song, and I'll tell you why. Yes. Only two ba band members of Petit Cheval played on that track, uh, which is Johan, the bass player, and Jonathan Salvi. The keyboard player Harold left straight after the single, and I'm not sure actually sure why. Craig Els, the guitarist, joined a little bit later, and then Sheldon had replaced uh, Craig. But Francois, bless his soul, was such his timing was so crap in the studio, and although that hung on to him after I didn't go for that meeting, they uh, he was just so crap in the studio that. He doesn't play on it either. They just programmed it all and then got hold of me again. So that is why it's my favorite Petitia of our song, because if he wasn't so crap in the studio, I wouldn't have got the gig. They would have made the effort to phone track me down in London. Yeah, so the biggest hit by the band was Once in a Lifetime, which is a great song. Yes. I'm sure you've got so many stories, Danny. I know, and because I know you, <laughs> and I've, I've spent many hours listening to your stories, but can you tell us one, one particular favorite story yes i'll tell you a story that in the show uh magical touch was quite a um, we, used to, we used to jam we used to bring it down uh we used to extend it because you know it was jonathan's kind of las vegas number and i have a fond uh, recollection of him running next down from behind me from the stairs at the top of the stage and ripping his shirt open and a button hitting me on the side of the head and then he gets to the front of the stage and he can't remember where, what song or anything, and he starts going, I don't know what I'm supposed to be singing now. Singing now. And he gets the whole crowd to go, singing now. Singing now. And he turns around, he runs up to the drunk, and he goes, what fucking song are we in? What song are we in? And then I'd say, magical touch, and he turns around, and he's like, ah, I want the touch, touch, touch. <laughs> so he was a shy. John Tommy was very charismatic. He was almost like a preacher on stage. Very, very good showman. 
Absolutely. I mean, I wish I'd seen the band live. It was, I don't know why I didn't, but I suppose it was a little bit before my time. Yeah. So thanks so much, Danny. And we are definitely going to be speaking to you again because you have got stories from Avoid and lots of other, lots of other bands that you've been involved in. Uh, yes. So the, the best stories are from Vonnebum. And because it's yeah. central, we could actually tell them. I can't tell them in most interviews, but um, <laughs> happy to share with you guys. And God bless you all and keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Danny. Okay, bye.